Yo, 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 what's up everybody? This is Sturdy, and this is take four. This is going to be my draft recap thoughts, winners, losers, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I know it's been a while since I recorded one, you know, just in case anyone has missed me or missed the podcast or what have you. Um, I have missed doing it as well. Uh, you know, life just has a way of getting in the way when we try to do these sorts of things, but I am sticking with it. I am going to be more consistent with it, I promise. But uh, with that being said, let's jump right into this. NBA Draft 2018. Listen, first things first, as a Mavericks fan, as a Dallas Mavericks fan, I want to let all bandwagoners, future bandwagoners, potential bandwagoners, I want to tell you no, do not jump on the bandwagon, okay? We do not want you. If you haven't been faithful to us, we do not want you now or in a couple years when we are possibly contending for NBA championships. The Dallas Mavericks won the draft. As a, as a Dallas Mavericks fan, I've had little to be excited about since 2011. A Game 7 against the Spurs in 2013, I think, when we had uh, Monte Ellis you know, being kind of Jason Terry 2.0 with Dirk. Um, that was the most excited I've been as a Mavs fan since 2011 when we won it all. But even, and before 2011, there was a lot of disappointment. There was a lot of excitement, but it just led to nothing but disappointment. You know, we were always the Spurs little brothers, and Dirk was the guy who couldn't win the big one, especially after being up 2-0 and 6 on the Heat, and then being the number one seed, winning 69 games uh, and losing to the we believe Golden State Warriors hated them then, hate them now. We were the one seed, they were the eight seed, the upset of all upsets. Uh, man, it made me love the Mavs in a whole different way, but man, did I hate that team. But, you know, playoffs are all about matchups, and they were a matchup nightmare for the Mavericks. But anyways, current Dallas Mavericks have given me something to be excited about. They did it last year by drafting Dennis Smith Jr., um, could be because I'm also an NC State fan, but he's also a heck of a ball player. And then this year, they go out and get a guy who was rated number one, ranked number one on many, many uh, draft boards and, and mock drafts and that sort of stuff by making a blockbuster deal and grabbing Luka Doncic with the third overall pick. And, uh, man, I, I'm so excited. Now, with that being said, Complete draft recap. DeAndre Ayton goes number one. Um, this draft was a little different. Uh, I think everybody expected Ayton to go number one. Um, didn't think Bagley was going to go number two. In an, in an era where the NBA has moved away from the big man who dominates in the paint, um, you know, kind of a, does all of his damage 15, 10 to 15 feet and in, uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton can shoot the ball, but again, most of his work is done around the rim, maybe a little bit of mid-range around there. Uh, he's not somebody who's going to, you know, beat you with his three-point shot. And then that even more so being the case with Marvin Bagley, uh, who I don't understand that pick for the Kings at all. I mean, I think Marvin Bagley is a heck of an athlete, uh, you know, heck of an offensive player. Again, even less, like I said, even less of a 
a perimeter shooter than DeAndre Ayton, a guy that does all his damage around the rim, um, around the basket, and he's not a great rim protector. And it, and the move also doesn't make sense because you've already got a roster stacked with guys who can't, big men who can't go outside the paint. Willie Cauley-Stein, Harry Giles, who I don't think will ever do anything. Uh, Costa Kufis, or however you say his name. And then you plug Marvin Bagley in there, and he's just going to take those minutes away from those guys and be more productive, but still he's going to be the same type of player. Kind of one-dimensional, not a great rim protector, uh, but I think he'll be awesome for them. Uh, he'll... On the offensive boards, you know, I think he'll get a lot of offensive rebound opportunities. Quick, agile, agile can jump high, gets off the ground quick. Um, and again, you know, in transition, he's one of those. He's like Amari Stoudemire in his prime. I actually think that's who Chauncey Billups compared him to. Uh, he's definitely not like Amari Stoudemire now. If you guys watch the Big Three League, Amari Stoudemire looks about as skinny as Marvin Bagley and about as strong as me. Spoiler, that's not very strong. Um, but I think it'll be good if he can put some weight on and, and you know, kind of expand his game out to the 20-foot range. Uh, he, you've got to have a jump shot in today's NBA game. And he does have one, but just not enough to be what NBA teams need now from 6'10", 6'11", 7-foot guys. Uh, they don't need somebody who's just going to – you know, maybe, maybe that's the new wave. Joel Embiid's kind of brought that back, but he does have a great three-point shot, but – Maybe that's the new wave, and that's the way the game is going back to, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but as of in today's NBA, I, I don't understand that move for the Kings. Jaron Jackson goes fourth overall to the Grizzlies. Uh, I think he'll fit in well there. I think he's a guy that can step in and contribute right away. But I don't think he's a guy that's going to kind of take over the franchise. Not immediately, anyways. This is definitely a guy that was drafted off of his upside. He only averaged 11 points a game last year, but I'm about to sound really cliche, but he had those flashes, you know, of what of what you know he could be. Um, he shot the ball well for a big man, really long arms, uh, solid defender, super athletic, um, all things that the Grizzlies do not have and have not had on the block for a while with a guy like Mark Gasol and Zebo for so many years who – is another one of those guys in Sacramento that, you know, doesn't do much outside of the paint. Hello, mid-range jumper, but, you know, he's a banger. Uh, but I think he'll fit in well in Memphis again, uh, especially with the new system they're going to try to play under this year. Uh, can be versatile. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they use him. Um, I wish him the best. You know, I don't wish their team much success being in the same Division as the Dallas Mavericks, but hey, I've got to be on bias here. So I, I do hope he does. I hope he plays well, comes in, fits in well with his new team. And I think he will because he's one of those players that I think you could plug into any system and uh, he'll flourish. Uh, I just think it's going to take him a little more time to get there. The Dallas Mavericks, uh, number five overall, take Trey Young. I had to watch this on mute at a restaurant. And if there was one player I did not want to draft, it was Trey Young. So. When Doncic got drafted by the Hawks, my brother's a Hawks fan. I was super jealous. Said proposed trade to the Mavs. Got super excited. Again, couldn't hear, so I didn't know if it was confirmed. He does a whole interview in his Hawks hat, and I'm like, well, maybe he's not a Maverick. And then we come out, and I'm like, Mo Bamba. We're getting Mo Bamba. I'm excited. We're going to get Mo Bamba. And then Trey Young pops up on the screen and puts on the Mavericks hat, and I was devastated. Because, I, I mean, I think he's going to be a great player one day. 
uh, if he can, you know, be a consistent shooter and if his size is not an issue in the NBA because he doesn't handle the ball like Steph. He cannot shoot like Steph, though all the pe- all these people are making comparisons. He is not nearly the shooter Steph Curry is, and he's not nearly the st- shooter Steph Curry was coming out of college. Uh, so, you know, for those saying, well, he could be that good. Yeah, but he's also behind where Steph was when Steph was coming out of college. So uh, I think a lot of question marks surrounded him. But, you know, you draft a guy. You look at Steph Curry, a guy who's completely changed the NBA. And when a guy draws that many comparisons to a guy like that, taking a chance on him is is definitely understandable. If it pans out. Um, I don't see him turning into an MVP. Uh, You know, I think he could be an all-star in the league. But a lot of things, for me, in my opinion, have to happen for Trey Young to be an MVP, to be an All Star, to be All NBA. You know, I think he needs to be. This this may sound like it makes no sense, but he needs to be more of a playmaker, more of a facilitator, and not just an assist man. You know, more than just the ten or eleven open shots he gets teammates because of double teams. You know, could be up like fifteen or sixteen. You know, they're just not making all the shots, but. For those 10 or 11 assists he got, um, I think he just needs to make the right basketball play more often. The pass to assists, the pass that sets up another teammate, you know, floor general. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for, floor general. I think he just needs to do it, uh, you know, throughout the game. He just, and that, that's another thing about him, Be, he, he forces too much. He doesn't need to take 35 shots to score 32 points, um, especially not in the NBA, but you know, what do I know? Russell Westbrook and James Harden have made a career off of it, and they've been the MVPs the last two years in the league. So, um, you know, maybe that maybe that could be the case for him. But, you know, I just I think he needs to become more consistent. He needs to be more of a floor general, lead his team, uh, and and let the let his shots come to him. Don't force it. You know, because uh, if, if you're getting your teammates involved, the shots are going to come. You look at a guy like Rondo, and how open he is. A, is because of how terrible of a shooter he is. But B, it's also because he's just constantly setting up teammates. So if Rondo would have ever gotten a shot, you know, how good would that guy have been? I think Trey Young could be that because he is a better passer and a better playmaker than Steph, um, you know, coming out of college. Not as good of a shooter. So I think he needs to focus more on that part of his game and uh, because the shooting, the shooting never goes away. And the shooting you can constantly work on um, and it will constantly be there as long as you're getting open looks. And I think the way you do that is by getting your teammates involved, making everybody else around you better, and then the defense won't have to focus so much just on him. Um, Mo Bamba goes six overall to the Magic. Uh, Great pick for them. I mean, you think about their front court now of Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, and Jonathan Isaac. Gosh, I couldn't think of his name. Mo Bamba has the longest wingspan ever recorded at the Combine. Um, he's super athletic. He's so fast for a seven-footer who is, you know, a pretty much a lockdown defender, uh, lockdown rim protector. He's so much more athletic than the typical guy who's just going to help down low, get block shots, and grab rebounds. He is expanding his game. He's got a little bit of a jump shot. Um, so I think if, if he can work on that, uh, it could be hard on that Magic roster, who is already struggling for shooting. Um, 
But, you know, with guys like Evan Fournier and DJ Augustine, if he's still there, guys who can spread the floor a little bit for him, I think that'll help him out a lot. But uh, when you've got guys out on the court who are struggling to knock down three-pointers, and, and that'll be an issue for him with the front court guys I just mentioned and Vucevic and Bismack Biombo, you know, all these guys uh, can kind of clog the paint if they're in there with him. So uh, I think uh, his upside is as is as great as anybody in the league and anybody in the draft. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot to get him there, but I think he'll get there. Uh, again, he's got to work on his offensive game big time. Um, he was second in the nation in blocks, I believe. Uh, I did not do as much research for this one, guys. If you can't tell, I'm saying, um, and oh, a lot. I don't have my notes in front of me, just kind of winging it. Uh, but because I really wanted to get a podcast out there and my computer, isn't working, won't connect to the internet, I don't know why, and that's usually how I take my notes, and whatever, but anyways, uh, yeah, Mo Bamba, I think, will be an all-star, will be a defensive player of the year kind of guy, Rudy Gobert, but with a jump shot, uh, if he can work on that, you know, I think sky's the limit for that kid, and crazy stat about him, his three-quarter court sprint, three-fourths of the court sprint in the draft combine was faster than John Wall and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's insane. John Wall's like the fastest point guard we've seen in a long time in the NBA. Uh, his full-court sprint was still faster than Mo Bamba, but three-quarter court sprint, Mo Bamba faster than John Wall. Uh, so that should tell you what a freak that guy is and you know how much of an impact he'll be able to have on the defensive end, in transition, pick and roll, alley-oops, you know, right around the rim. I think he'll do a lot of damage in his rookie year and Again, if he can expand his game, you know, sky's the limit. The Cavs at number eight. It's weird. A team that just came off of three finals in a row and then has the number eight pick, you kind of would assume they're in great shape, you know, to do a lot of damage again this year. But the best player in the world is on their team and is probably leaving. Um, I don't think drafting Colin Sexton is enough to make LeBron James want to stay in Cleveland. And it's sad that Colin Sexton, who's a great basketball player, by the way, gets drafted, and the number one story surrounding him is, is LeBron going to stay? Um, if he does, if he doesn't, Colin Sexton will be a great NBA player. Uh, his scoring ability, especially you know being able to get to the rim so easily, kind of reminds you of Kyrie. He doesn't have the handle, uh, but just the ability to get past people and get to the rim as if they're not there at times, you know, is it's crazy to watch. Decent shooter, uh, you know, again, something I'll have to work on a little bit. Uh, but he can knock down the three-point shot. A little streaky at times. Um, and he's got a little fight to him, you know. He's got a little attitude to him, which I like. I didn't like in the tournament when he called that dude, you know, son of a you-know-what, when they're losing and obviously going to lose the game. That was a little classless. But I think Colin Sexton... Uh, I do think he'll be a good NBA player. Um, you know, it just depends on his ability. Kind of like what I said about Trey Young. Uh, his ability to get others involved. Uh, because it's a whole different, you know, beast in the NBA. Getting to the rim and finishing amongst seven-footers who are jumping and touching the top of the backboard uh, than it is playing in the SEC and college. But, you know, I think it's a transition he'll make. may take him a little time. I feel like I've said that about every draft pick. But, uh I think he'll be he'll be contributing immediately, and uh, you'll see what a great scorer he is. Um, 
amongst rookies. I think he'll be up there points per game for rookies, definitely. And uh, especially if LeBron leaves, and he'll have to take on much more of a workload. But, you know, I think with if LeBron leaves, I should say when LeBron leaves because he's definitely leaving. But when LeBron leaves, uh, it almost it might even be a sigh of relief for Colin Sexton because I feel like his game will be able to progress and evolve like it should because he'll be the primary ball handler. He'll be bringing the ball to the court. He'll be, you know, he'll be in control of the team. I think it'll be great for him if LeBron leaves. At number nine, you know that funny saying, history has a way of repeating itself. Kevin Knox gets drafted. They show Knicks fans in Porzingis jerseys, mind you, booing Kevin Knox being picked. I almost understand it because, you know, every team at that point is saying, let's take a chance on Michael Porter Jr. But uh, Kevin Knox is a solid basketball player, and he will be a great NBA player. Uh, natural scorer, you know, average 16 a game almost on that Kentucky team, five and a half rebounds, I believe. Uh, can score from anywhere, can shoot the ball decent. I think he knocked down 34% of his three-pointers last year, 44% from the field. At times was, you know, needed to be a volume scorer for that team. But, you know, I think he'll flourish in that role of uh, option B to Porzingis whenever he comes back healthy because he can play both four positions. He can play all over the floor. And he'll just help make Porzingis' game that much easier, and vice versa. Because, I mean, Porzingis is a freak, seven foot, can do anything on the floor. You've got to show him extra attention. So it'll just it'll open up Kevin Knox's game, give him a little more chances as a rookie to, you know, kind of ease himself into games. He won't have to be that primary scorer whenever, if Porzingis is healthy by the start of the year. I really hope he is. Um, but I think it's going to do nothing but wonders for Kevin Knox to be able to just kind of, like I said, ease into things offensively and he won't have to try and force anything because they took Frank Nidalekina last year uh, who's super young and he's still not you know he's not going to be your number one scoring option especially not now or two maybe not even three but if he can get the others involved you know and then with shooters like Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, it's just going to spread the floor for Kevin Knox and I think it's a great pick by the Knicks I really do um, I can understand taking a chance on Michael Porter I could literally understand any team under the top three taking a chance on Michael Porter because, I mean, he just has the potential to be that good, but his health is also that concerning. So, But Kevin Knox, New York Knicks, great, solid pick, uh, and I think the Knicks are going to have to eat their words again, or eat their booze, I should say, like they did with Porzingis because Kevin Knox is going to be a – he's going to be a player in the NBA, and Knicks fans are going to left looking – Stupid again. Shout out Chris Reader. <laughs> I hope you weren't sitting at home in your living room booing him uh, when you were watching it because he's going to be a great pick for you guys. The 76ers with the 10th pick took Michael Bridges, and I loved this pick for the 76ers. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I thought he fit a lot of needs that they had defensively. Uh, he's a he's a bigger guy who can spread the floor a little bit, open up things for Joel Embiid. Uh and then they traded him. I did not understand that. Great defender, excellent scorer, pretty good three-point shooter. I mean, I think he shot 44% from three, you know. Didn't shoot as, as many as these other guys on this list, but still. Uh, Seven-foot wingspan, you know, all the tools to be a great 3 and D type of player. Um, and they traded him away. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's because they don't want any more young guys and they're looking to be players in free agency. I don't know what it is. Uh, but I didn't understand that move. 
Turn him to the Suns. So the Suns, you know, have Michael Bridges, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. Future looks bright for them. Uh, a lot of development still left to do, though. You know, a lot of growing. It's crazy that Devin Booker is like the veteran on that team, and he still looks like 12 or 13 years old. Not a knock on Devin Booker. That dude is a lights-out scorer. Um, but, again, Michael Bridges, he's a winner. He won a national championship. He's a great defender, great three-point shooter. I thought he would fit in per- perfect with Philly. But, you know, kudos to the Suns. Great move by them. I think he'll fit in great there, too. You know, I guess just to stop knocking the Sixers and praise the Suns because that's a great pickup for them. Uh, because you need a guy who can stretch the floor uh, along with Booker so that DeAndre Ayton can work out down low. Um, and it opens the floor for pick and rolls and stuff like that. Uh, just another shooter to have on the outside and also a guy who can score around the rim, get to the basket, uh, versatile scorer. So it's a great move by the Suns. Uh, I hope all these young guys are will stay around for them and, and lead them back to, you know, some buckets, maybe not the seven seconds or less error they had with Stevie, uh, but you know I, th- I think they're on the cusp of of something great. Okay, that wraps it up for me. I'm only going to do the top ten picks, uh, just because it's a lot of talking, and I know you guys don't want to listen to all that. Check out the rest of the draft though. Clippers made an awesome move and get Miles Bridges. I think that'll be good for them. Uh, and by the way, Nuggets end up being the team to take the chance. I don't even know if you call it a chance at 14 because they draft Michael Porter Jr. And he is, you know, highly regarded by most as the number one player in the draft. Uh, If health was not a problem, I believe Michael Porter Jr. would be a son right now because he's just that good of a ball player. Um, But I've already read reports that he's definitely out for summer league, his rookie season, is already in question. Um, you know, spinal surgery is no joke, especially on a kid that, you know, 19, 18, 19 years old, six foot 10, six foot 11. But the talent that kid possesses, man, he's just, he's Kevin Durant all over again. Seriously. Uh, what a shame we didn't get to watch him dominate college basketball like Kevin Durant did at Texas in his one year. Uh, other than Anthony Davis, I've never seen a freshman dominate college basketball the way Kevin Durant did. Hated him then, hate him now, but I mean what a what a fantastic ball player. Probably second in the world. And Michael Porter Jr. was well on his way, you know, without injury. So if he can come back from the spinal surgery and and uh and be the player he's supposed to be, the Nuggets will look like geniuses. Forget what I said about the Mavericks winning the draft. Uh the Denver Nuggets will forever be, you know, draft winners if if Michael Porter Jr. can come back and develop the way that everybody hopes that he can. Uh Again, check out the draft. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry for you know taking so long to get this episode out. Uh, I will be doing another one tomorrow. It will be football-related. It will be my NFL predictions, NFC. And then later in the week, probably early next week actually, I will be doing my NFL prediction, predictions, AFC, the weaker conference. So uh, um, uh, tune into that. Uh, I will be uploading more. Uh, consistently more often sorry again for you know just kind of taking a break after only three episodes i know what a loser but uh uh follow me on twitter at sturdy takes search tell your friends about my podcast search it on any platform Uh, i think there's still been some issues with google play but i know apple iphone users i know apple uh the app store why do i keep saying apple like it's 1999 App Store, search 30 Takes on the podcast app, 
and uh, it'll take you straight to it. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm out.